Okay, people, with the countdown on this Friday show, welcome back. You know what we do. It's Fridays. We like to have that talk in between getting off work and going to the club. I don't know what the club look like for you right now during COVID, but hey, this is that talk we have every Friday night. Glad to have y'all back. I am sitting out of town, so if you hear some commotion, I'm on a uh, quick little detour outside of Maryland. So, if you hear some commotion in the background, I would like to apologize for all that. But, you know what time it is. It is uh, voting season. And if you live in Maryland, you can request your uh, mail-in ballot. You have to request it. They'll send it to you. And then you send back the form and they'll send you your your ballot. So, VBM to 77788. VBM to 77788. A lot of stuff happened uh, throughout this week. I didn't have any papers for my program. Y'all know I'm in my DSW program at uh, the University of Southern California. Have any papers due this week. The following week, you know, I was like, we were talking about that. I was a little stressed about it. Smoothing along. I'm coming down to actually creating a capstone to defend in less than a month now. Well, exactly a month. 11-9, I defend my capstone where, you know, I'm looking, my problem is how we get more African-American men to college and get them graduate, hopefully debt-free. So it's a little more sharp than that, but that's pretty much what we got going on. We got the debate that just happened. I'm probably going to ask some questions about that, but I think tonight is going to be the best show we had ever. Uh, after the debate, watching our uh, female vice president, presidential candidate, I decided to have an all-female show and gear it around the education, the importance of Black women, the process that they're all going through to uh, get their doctoral degrees. And I don't think you, we might have four future doctors in the same room, five future doctors in the same room at the same time. So I'm excited about that. Then we're going to highlight out, uh, we're going to do a female businesswoman tonight. We're going to highlight her and let her talk about her uh, her great product that I am happy to endorse. <laughs> and then we're going we gonna to just let the conversations be the conversations like we go. So we're going to start it off with all our introductions. And I think let's let's bring Miss Motley in first, Fee. So we bring Miss Motley in and we're going to have a good conversation. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, Brittany, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Yes, yes. It's been a long time. How you been? I know. I've been great. I've been great. How's everything been with you? It's as crazy as it was. Everything's fine. I can't complain at all. I know. I know. <laughs> so, so, Brittany, everybody that I bring on, I you got to tell them uh, how you met me, and then you got to say something nice and nothing mean ever after this. But you got you got to tell them how you met me. So I have had the honor of knowing Mr. Brown. We were former colleagues at Wilberforce University. That is actually where we met. Uh, we were working at a time of crises and, and we were we were charged with reforming the school while they were under show cause accreditation. So we were working crazy hours, but the commonality that we had is we were both committed to seeing students succeed. Um, so it was a pleasure working with you and, and I'm glad I'm glad all is well your way. It, it was funny about that time. I was just telling one of my best friends, I was like, I got Miss Molly on. 
we only worked together. Like we just, we was just making sure her end on academics, my end on student life, all blended together to make sure these kids got out of their school or had a place to stay and get out of the school. But also, yeah. so it was a pleasure knowing you, um, working with you professionally because I saw how committed you were to making sure they were good academically. And that was that was something I can always put in my tool bag when you know you steal pieces from people and then watch yeah. you go through that go through that process was was amazing. Yes. So that's why I wanted you on because I know you pursuing uh, higher education. I wanted you to talk about that a little bit. So before you do that, though. I'm going to bring in another young lady who's also pursuing her doctoral degree. I'm going to let her do the same thing I did with you. And then we're going to, when everybody get in the room, we're going to talk. Got it. All right. All right. So, uh, let's see. Is Kanikia here? Hey. Okay. What's up? What's going on, Kanikia? How are you, right? Hey, I'm, I'm fine. I'm living a life. That's good. Listen, everybody, I appreciate you coming on and, and taking my invitation. I know we do enough Zoom stuff because we're in the same program, but I do appreciate you coming on because I needed you. And you're always there, definitely in these last couple months in these papers and async and whatever else we had to do. So tell the people how you know me and say something good about me. Okay, so uh, you and I had the pleasure of standing on the same street corner. And uh, no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> we was working it, baby. Remember? I remember, remember that? I remember that street corner. Thanks. No. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, we're in the uh, same class, same cohort, you know, um, grinding through these assignments and stuff together, going through the trenches. So, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy you, Antoine. You're like, you're like the life, the light of my life at 7 p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays. No, I love you, dude. I really do. Man, I like I said when I first met you, man. You know how I feel about you. I appreciate you and everything else. Uh, is Niani here, Fee? Yep, I think Niani. Let's bring Niani in. Hello, future Dr. Smith. How are you? Hey, Dr. Brown. How are you? All is well. All is well. How are you? Everything's good. Tell the people who you are. Say something nice because you've been on the show. You already know how this go. Okay. Yeah. So I was supposed to tell how I know you. So the last time I told them that, you know, you was begging for change outside of Rivertown and I had a couple coins and I decided to, you know, offer a brother some spirit change, but also believe in supporting black men. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> you are my classmate. Um, as alongside with Kanikia, we are at the University of Southern California in the doctoral program for social work, working it out, doing what we can, trying to change the world. I change the world. Hey, uh, Niani, thank you for always letting people know where my uh, side hustle is. Okay. Yeah, no appreciate problem. That. Yeah, appreciate that. All right, uh, Fee. Okay, we got three. Let's bring in Sigir. I think Sigir is here too. All right. All right. Hello. How are you? I'm good, Mr. Gear. How are you? I'm doing good. So always on the move, but I'm moving. Oh yeah, as long as you're here. So <laughs> I, hey, I'm gonna tell y'all, I've been trying to get Sagir on the show for like the last six weeks. And every Friday, <laughs> she always like, I can't, like I can. No, I don't think I can. So I finally tracked her down. And this is the this is a perfect show for you to say yes to. So I appreciate it. But tell everybody how you know me. Say something nice about me, okay? Okay, okay. okay. Well, I'm Sagira. 
Uh, me and Antoine met, I want to say, like, 2016, and probably over bowling. That's my triples partner right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, always win a little cash in bowling with gear. She can <laughs> she throw the ball better than half of the men that's on this side of the earth, but not me. She can't beat me. But the other men on this side of the earth, that's all I got. All right. So, ladies, everybody on this call is pursuing a doctoral degree in some type of field of way. And so, gear, I'm on. I bring you on with these highly educated women because after the debate, I felt like black women needed to shine. So, what? better way and well, my platform is to bring four smart women that i all know that's all pursuing their same their doctoral degree at the same time i think that's the coolest thing ever and i'm, I'm just here to highlight you guys and we're going to talk about some of the things we talk about but before i do that Sagira, tell them what school you're going to and what program you're in and i lost her she can't tell me with that face all right we're gonna come back to Segura, so she probably pencil back in. So we, hey, nope, yep, she probably fee probably took it down. So, uh, Brittany, I'm gonna start with you. Wait, first, talk about your uh, your dissertation and what it's about and what you're pursuing, and that's good for me. So I'm attending Antioch University, uh, right over in Yellow Springs. You remember, you remember that world over there. Um, and I'm pursuing my PhD in leadership and change. My dissertation topic is I want to understand how leaders make meaning of their student success landscape as it relates to equity. Um, so I really want to help institutions kind of reform, you know, as it, it's making sure that we're providing equitable student success, removing systemic barriers for students. Um, and I want to develop a framework for that. I might need to talk to you about minds, but we're, I'll say minds too. We might not have a conversation because that might be some some good, interesting stuff. Kanikia, could you go ahead and share with your uh, capstone is on and all that good stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, you know what? For some strange reason, my neighbor decided to cut grass right now. Oh, yeah, you know, you good. We can hear you. We can't hear him. Okay. Okay, okay, bet. So, um, what is my caps on about? <laughs> uh, I am currently uh, pursuing uh, change within the long-term healthcare industry, nursing home industry. Uh, one of the things that I want to tackle is uh, the high denial rate of those who are living in low-income communities that uh, that are dependent upon Medicaid as a payer source for nursing home care, and then uh, and then also you know I'm looking and assessing how in low-income communities uh, are uh, those nursing homes in those areas have the highest rate of abuse and neglect amongst uh, nursing home residents and the disparities between those that are private pay in more affluent areas versus those that are in uh, low-income communities, uh, we need we need to do something about that. We need to fix that, you know, mm -hmm. not too many. And, and one of the things I've noticed is that we spend so much time trying to uh, uh, not think about nursing home care for ourselves, but it, I mean, who knows, you know, you just never know what your story is gonna be, but do you wanna go stay in a nursing home now and worry about the things that goes on within those those communities? It's, uh, is horrible, it's tragic, and we need to highlight that those issues that are in the also within the African American community. So and, and you're absolutely right. And I'm glad you're on it because we know you love old people. We figured that out last week. You know yeah. what? Ever since I spent time with you, I was like, 
I need to look out for my brother. I need to I appreciate you all the time. I do. Diani, go ahead and share what your capsule was about, please. Okay, so I'm sorry, Kadiki just always cracks me up. Um, yeah. Okay, so my capstone is on ensuring healthy development for all youth, but focusing on those youth who are in alternative education settings who have probably who have been impacted by a lot of trauma in their lives and ensuring that those settings have interventions that would best support them toward academic progress. Um, what I've realized in working in alternative education settings is that there are not a lot of universal, inter there aren't any universal interventions that are geared specifically toward that population that are culturally competent, that are um, identifying the need to address issues of trauma. And I want to make sure that those students who are considered the marginalized of public education are being serviced appropriately. And and uh, listening to you talk about it and you're, you're listening to your prototype and all that good stuff, I think we're good. We're going to get Sagira back in a minute. So uh, I'm in the same program, as we know, and mine is the gap between African-American men going to college versus the, their white counterparts was significant. So as we know, we had to kind of drill down this, this process. So Ms. Marley, I, this is really for you because they already know what I've been through to get through this process. So I started this process with trying to figure out if um, why black men were more were, were needed or weren't being valued as when it comes to taking care of their kids. That kind of led me down another behavioral health problem with mental health and black boys in school, which I had something designed and wasn't really feeling it. So I kind of shifted to what I love and it brought me back to Harriet. So it was like, why, how can we get more black boys in school? How can we get them through uh, school graduating and how we can produce a debt-free system to do that? So I'm tackling and looking through all these different things, which I got like, like I said, I got four weeks now to figure something out where I defend my capstone. So we all here in our own type of way, trying to either help somebody young or help somebody old, but we do good for mankind. So I like like this route and I'm, I'm in for it. So Niani and Brittany, I guess is us too. And I'm, I'm cool with that. So. So, Brittany, I'm going to give you the honors because, like I said, I know Niani and I know Kanikia. I'm going to give you the honors for this first conversation. You talk about the debate, whatever you want to talk about, we're going to start with you. Okay. Uh, well, I'm, I, I need a prompt. <laughs> um, uh, I did not watch the debate uh, just to protect my mental health. I've, I have been uh, just not, not, not taking in any media. Um, so that's just kind of been something that I've been doing with all of 2020. Um, I do have, you know, Melon Ballot got that together, but I am not. Um, I'm just really monitoring my media intake these days. And I'm concerned with writing a freaking doctorate and working full time. So that's good. Though, but how did, okay. Okay. Well, hi, I know you, you know, I guess you get your, your information which is not much about this whole, but you get it from friends and family or somebody like me just ask you about, cause I don't really want to talk about politics. Every time I get here, I, you know, I end up that way. I don't want to talk about it because I live it. So I got to follow it. And, you know, that that's it. So I, I get that. But before we start, the gear is back. So we got to ask the gear her question so she can answer something. 
All right, Sagir. Sagir, hey, so you, yeah, we got you. Okay, you want to tell us about your, uh, go ahead, tell us about what you're studying. Okay, um, so I'm actually a, a ADD candidate um, at Baylor University. Um, I do it online, so I'm part of the first cohort. Um, and my, uh, it's supposed to be a capstone, but it's a dissertation, um, is actually on bowling organizations, looking at membership engagement um, and culture. Um, and see why um, bowlers, or particularly competitive bowlers, choose their particular organizations. Is it due to the leadership of the organization? Is it due to the certain cultures or subcultures that are created within those organizations or within certain regions? Um, and kind of see um, how history plays a role um, in members actually joining and um, growing the sport forward. All right. Well, we back to to having conversation. And since I asked Brittany a politics questions and she don't do politics and I didn't really ask the question, but I'm sorry. So that's what we hear. So Sagir, you had said something uh, about Black Lives Matter a couple, about a month ago, right? You had said something about that. But so I'll get back to you because I got to ask you a question on that part. Okay. So just, we're going to come back, but it's going to be late in this show because we're not going to do it right now. Niani. What you drinking? Okay. Hey, Niani, could you, uh, your your uh, your professional life, right? I know you work with kids and I know you do the mental health part, but how was that during COVID? And tell us a little bit about how's it going on with the mental health aspect of some of these kids during, during this time right now. Whew, okay. Um, loaded question. So oh. to start off, I am a school social worker in DC. And I also um, have a part time where I contract myself as a mental health therapist for another outpatient agency in Maryland. And the longest short of it, I can't I can't give a blanket answer. Uh, I have students who are thriving with virtual learning because they didn't want to come to school in the first place. And I have students who are extremely challenged because they need that face-to-face, in-person learning um, environment. So it has been a mixed bag. What I can say is that um, the majority of people that I've interacted with from a clinical perspective, their anxiety has been a little higher than usual as a result of the pandemic. Just the uncertainty of it all um, promotes a level of anxiety that most people are not necessarily used to. Like the world has never been shut down. So having to figure out how to navigate in a world that you've never been in that just, and then have no real direction around has Mm -hmm. been a challenge for a number of people, not just my students, but for um, their families as well. We did a survey and DC public schools where we were talking about what was the biggest need that families had right now during the pandemic and what they said was mental health support. So recognizing that this has been a big challenge for a number of people, um, the need for mental health services has been extremely prevalent. Well, listen, some of the things that looking at like i'm with a group i got about 10 people that's in our little uh, group right now and most of them are kids and i'm hearing a whole bunch of uh 
what do we do with teachers? I can't, they, they just giving out work, they're not teaching. And then the kids are, hey, we, I'm, they're call, their kids are calling them now, like we can't get on, the teacher's not being responsive, she won't answer emails or he won't answer emails. Like, so it's a lot of frustration that's going on between parent, <laughs> between student, between teacher, between uh, mental health therapists, like, a lot of people are going to be up and down through these times, which I think is crazy. Brittany, are you working in higher ed right now? I don't, you don't have to say your job, but are you on the higher ed side? Yes, I'm doing yeah. consulting okay. uh, with, with higher ed. And so, yes, I'm working with, um, I'm actually just working over uh, equity for a region. And I just got the Milwaukee region. And, you know, with everything going on in Kenosha, um, that has been super interesting, but I echo all, all sentiments shared that this year is just smacking everybody in the face and everybody is coping in, in different ways. And we are just having all to be agile and how we support and, and, you know, how we cope as well. So it's been interesting to say the least. Yeah. And I, and I know because, you know, listen, tying it from the elementary schools to high schools and all the way up to the higher ed side, it's going to be interesting to see how how education's affected over the next two, three years because we're taking a lot away from a lot of people. And then like any other thing that goes we got some effects that happen afterwards. So I'm interested to see how that goes down. So I, I say one thing that's good is with everything being so racially charged, we're able to see and call out systems now. And so, you know, we're calling out medical racism. We're calling out systemic racism in higher ed. In every sector, we're calling it out now, you know? And, and so I'm grateful for that, that we're able to name this thing, we're able to identify it, and people just can't sleep on it anymore. So that's one thing I'm grateful for. That, and that, that, that is true. And Sagira, you had said something on your page, what, two months ago? about the systemic racism part of it and everything. You want to share that? Yeah, um, that post was actually in response to uh, someone within the community kind of making racial comments, but under not understanding or not wanting to understand that uh, the community is made up of all types of people. So you have to be careful of what you're saying and what you're putting out, especially if you're interacting with those folks or you're calling them your friends, your family, community. And I, that post really was just to give just basic definitions. It really was from intro to sociology into the anthropology of just what culture is, what racism is, how we, how I really don't care to say Caucasian because it's not biologically a thing. We're not, we're not we're Caucasians, we're not from monkeys. Um, and really just giving the facts that if you really don't go into education, if I never went to Morgan State, I really wouldn't have that education. I wouldn't be able to share what I know. And I know a lot of people within my community don't understand that. So it's really more, that post is really more about the education. Um, but it's to understand that cultures are a thing and that we need to be more inclusive. Even though I am pro Black Lives Matter, I feel like in a sense, all lives do matter. We can't live in a society where we focus on one. Um, I just think that it's, it's the issues that we're dealing with are issues that we're dealing with. They need to be addressed. Um, but it's within the system. There's nothing that we can do if we're not changing any of the systems. We can we can um, protest. We can change. If we're not changing laws, if we're not changing who's in power, if we're not changing who's making decisions, we're never really going to get the change that we're looking for. 
and you absolutely right. That's why I wanted you to share because, we, and I'm gonna go dig your post up. So you're right. I mean, she really broke it down, and I was like, man, there's some stuff in here that I probably wouldn't even wanted to look up to know. And I'm glad you did this research here. That was like that's that doctoral part of you. You just now you researching and making sure you fact checking and going fact check to fact checker because you got to make sure that your information that you put out is correct. Who knew? Kanika, you want to say something on the uh, systemic racism part of? of your, I know you are a social worker also and some of the yeah. things you see and like that. Um, systemic racism. You know, one of the things that I, I believe that, uh, and I get, I get where, you know, the whole, um, you know, black lives matter, then, you know, yes, of course, all lives matter. But one of the things that bother me is that we have to articulate that black lives matter and and then when we articulate this, we're really having a tunnel vision as to who our audience is. You know, everyone that looks that do, doesn't look like us. However, I think we need to change the focus on that and make it more of a community wide thing where we're saying that to each other that, you know, um, black lives matter. Let's let's do away with some of the things that, you know, that is hurting our own community. And, and I think when we have a strong foundation and we're working together and, you know, it, it makes it difficult, more difficult for those who are labeled as um, our oppressors to be effective in, in uh, causing harm within our community. So, um, I, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I, I look at, I look at, uh, I don't look at systemic racism as just this um broad uh, you know swipe of the brush or whatever it's 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 so many different components to it that makes it become effective how it is it has been for many generations so uh you know i think if we address you know certain things certain things within our own community we can uh eliminate the power structure that's designed to keep us in the position that we're in now Okay, before we get to this, to this next topic, let me highlight my my business of the day, man, because I have to ask you all a question about, because I know we got systemic racism going on, but you all blame being black women. That's, a, that's another thing that's on top of you guys just being, being black or of color. So we're going to go dive into that and see how, where you came from and yeah, your roots are getting to being either candidates or having a dissertation or going to defend a capstone in a month because I know that struggle. So let's bring on uh, Miss Townsfield if you got her. Hi, everyone. <laughs> hey, Miss Mo, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. And hi, everyone. It's so wonderful to be amongst these beautiful black women getting their doctorates because that is not me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I thought this would be a perfect show because even though you're not getting your doctorate, I know you have a doctorate in with the things you do and I'm appreciative <laughs> of your work. So if oh, you well, can tell you. the people how you know me and then we're going to go ahead and talk about your business and highlight some of the things, they, how they can get to you and all that good stuff. So I have known Antoine for a really long time, if you really want to calculate these years, but I know him through his wonderful, lovely, amazing wife, Felicia. Felicia and I are best friends, um, and her and I met in college, and so 
I had the opportunity to meet Antoine when they were dating and he was courting her and uh, then proposing and all of those great things. So I've known Antoine a really long time. Well, I wasn't, I, I wasn't courting. I was chasing. She told me no. She ain't want nothing to do. And I was running behind this girl trying to get her to, to, to at least look at me. But that's another show. We're going to bring Felicia on and talk about how she made me run for so long. But that's, that's my story. I love you. Came to Rocky you Mount, so. Then you went to Gaithersburg. <laughs> did. You did. Traveling to, to make sure that this girl was, was in the building. So, Mo, <laughs> let's talk about, you know, what's going on. So you tell me and you go ahead and stop. Well, business. So, um, yes, business. Okay. So outside of my nine to five, I have a catering, a, a dessert catering business, um, primarily specializing in, um, custom cakes. And so my business name is sweet spirit cakes. Um, pretty much in the DMV area, um, serving, you know, Maryland, DC and parts of Virginia. And so, like I said, mostly it's custom cakes. But I also do what I call sweet treat tables. So some other little desserts or like dip pretzels and cookies and things like that. Um, I do have a bachelor's degree in psychology. But about four years ago, I um, obtained my associates in bacon and pastry. So by because I, I paid for it, I can be called a pastry chef. But I unfortunately aren't able to op um, operate in that, you know, nine to five wise. So it's more like a weekend thing. And but it don't taste like no weekend cakes. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, I say don't be downgrading my cakes to the weekend. So what <laughs> Miss Mo didn't say she's also Avery's godmother. Beautiful yes. spirit. She <laughs> she is wonderful when it comes to cakes and designs. So make sure y'all check her out. Even though she says the weekend, I promise you, you will you will enjoy every minute. So Miss Mo, I don't know if you want to stick around and wait, but you can you can chime out if you want. But if you want to stay around, I would love to have you. Yes, I would like to stick around. All right. Well, you in this conversation now. So Niani, right, Niani, the last one I said was uh, what? What we said? We said we went from systemic racism the barriers of being a black woman rising in her occupation and pursuit of her degree. How did we get there? How can we get more women to be doing the same thing? Anything you want to touch on? Cool. That's such a Why you always think I'm giving you a loaded question? Ain't nobody. Just answer one, Niani. That's a lot. Like, so when you talk about black women, black, period, women, period, oh, the, the intersectionality, we learned that in school, all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the, the barriers that are associated with that, like one, being a woman already is a challenge um, in the business world or corporate America. And then being a black woman, you like bottom of the totem pole in a sense. And so I think, um, and I'll speak for, I don't wanna speak for anybody else, but I know that a lot of times, um, women black women have been pursuing higher education to say okay you're not trying to open the door for me so i'm gonna kick this one in and boom i got the degrees to back it up so when we look at like the statistics of those who are educated with um postgraduate degrees the highest population is black women 
And you have to think about like, well, why are so many black women getting so many degrees? Yes, we're ambitious. Yes, we're great. Yes, we're all of those things. But we're also having to always prove ourselves in certain arenas to say, I'm, I'm, I'm worthy. You need to see that I'm worthy. Here's a degree that aligns with the fact that I'm worthy. Hey, Niani, first born child said my question to you was too deep. I just wanted you to kick it off because I know who you are. So my bad for making it so deep. First born child is my homie. Shout out to her. She was just featured in NPR as a teacher during this pandemic, doing great things with for the um, children in Southeast D.C. So and she she is one who can who she, I think she put it in there, said that degree saved her life. She has a story among stories. And when she writes that book, shameless plug, when she writes that book, Y'all need to get it because this is going to be something to read, something to talk about. More, more black women. I love it. So, so uh, let's go, Kaniki. You want you want to jump in on that one? You know, it made me just think about. Uh, I was wearing my USC shirt, all proud and everything, and then I had a little. Um, I had got it special made, and it has a, a social worker on it, right? And so this guy, he sees me and he was like, oh, wow, you like the school? You like the football team? And I'm like, you know, me being me, uh, you know, I, I had to really uh, drop a little something on him. I'm not going to tell you right now what I said, but but I had it's one of those things where it's like we're, we're not afforded to be, in, you know, intellects. We're not afforded to be. Um, you know, women who are driven to, you know, make uh, positive changes in, in our uh, communities and in uh, in this world, basically, you know, we're, we're looked at as if we don't have the capability of achieving such things, um, especially without the help of someone else. And so that that is annoying as hell. I spent, you know, my some time in the army and everything. I went off to Iraq and, and being the one of maybe five women within, amongst a hundred guys or whatever, and then I'm like one of three black women with within the whole group. You know, um, I have to uh, I have to go above and beyond to prove that I'm capable of doing something that someone who is less capable <laughs> than me of doing. You know, I have I have to be like this superhero. Then that that goes back into the thing where black women are not allowed to be human. You know, that, that, we, that brings me that. And that's the problem with society, with women in general, especially black women. Miss uh, Brittany, you got anything you want to jump in on? Yes. yes. Um, first, when uh, Kanikia first talked about Black Lives Matter, I totally agree in that. I refuse to say it because I refuse to advocate for the relevance of my life. Like, you know, I, I'd rather say black power. I don't, you know, I don't buy into this commercialized stance of a thing. Like, no, I, I just refuse, you know, to say that. And I feel very strongly about that. And I also think the things that we chant are embedded in our subconscious. And so these terms, I can't breathe, black matter. These are some low vibrational chants that are not going to get us the power that we need. Um, and then also on Niani's point about women 
I do feel that I need the whole alphabet behind my name to be credible in academic spaces, you know, and that is because academicians are the most traditional people. Higher ed was the second institution created after the Catholic Church, if you want to know just how traditional this thing is that we're trying to thrive in. But there's also another aspect to Black women being educated. That was socially engineered to emasculate the black man as well. That's why we have households where women, black women make more because while mass incarceration was happening, all the black women were going to college. So now we have, you know, felons trying to marry doctors, and you know, and so men don't feel you know, like a man in their home. And this was socially engineered, you know, in so many ways. So again, when you look at the overeducation of black women, it's so many things at play. And another thing is um, the stereotypes of black women. There's a book on this called uh, Sister Citizen, but it breaks down, you know, the strong black woman stereotype, the Mamie uh, stereotype, the, uh, Jezebel woman stereotype, you know? And so there are these ways that, that black women are categorized and they're always trying to fight against these identities or succumb to these identities, depending on, you know, kind of the social engineering that's taking place. So uh, yeah, those are those are my initial comments on it. Man, and, and that's that brings up just, you, you're too smart for me, that's too much reading, but that was wonderful uh, just to figure out how as a man, knowing that the emasculation of the process of all being going to jail, first from slavery, being taken from our women, then then the Jim Crow, now mass incarceration, now the the way the musics and things are turning and downgrading men in that process to be able to support black women. The I thought the coolest thing in the process with me and my wife, we're going through the process together. So both of us in a doctoral program, I'm in three, um, semester three, she's in semester five, but everybody keep telling us the power of that after we finish is going to be strong. And we ain't thinking about it because we're going through this process, but after it, just to see both of us have it will be strong. So Gary, you want to weigh in and then Mo, I'm, Mo, I'm going to ask you after Sagir. Yes, I want to tag on to what Brittany's saying in terms of being a Black woman in academic spaces. Um, and even at Baylor University, we kind of see these dynamics. And I don't think that they're intentional, but I feel like they are just systematically put in people's minds or just kind of how they focus that we have colleagues or we come to school and none of our professors look like us. Like we are steadily each cohort teaching our professors or teaching our other colleagues that are kind of stuck and rigid in their ways how we can have a voice and not be deemed um, angry, not be deemed aggressive, not be deemed only we care about black people, like just to be able to share different perspectives and not always be antagonized, like thinking about what we're wearing, how we're wearing our hair, what space we're in, the fact that we're in a pandemic and we're still thinking about where we're sitting and who we're around, um, knowing that we probably have families at home, like being in an academic space and pursuing the doctoral level is just another like a stigma. Um, it's just another battle that black women have to face. And it's like, unless you stick together and have a cohort mentality, it's really hard to do it on your own. You really will not be able to exceed because academia was never made for a space for us, even though they collect us to collect money was not made for us. And so us putting ourselves in these spaces and talking about things that they're not willing to talk about. The fact that I'm in an EDD program and I'm talking about organizational change through bowling organizations it's it, it seems so great for other people, but it's it's what's it's life for me. 
Um, and so it's really learning how to find your voice in that space and being okay with being the only voice, like the only advocate you're ever really going to have is yourself. And then hopefully you'll have followers who will back you up and support you. Uh, and I agree. Ms. Mo, you want anything you want to weigh in on, on this topic? So um, if anything, um, I wanted to backtrack a little bit. Um, I think it was Niani who made the comment at the beginning of saying that we as Black women, unfortunately, we have to approve ourselves. And so outside of the culinary field for me, my nine to five, I, I am a my background is pretty much an administrative assistant. And so um, I've seen a lot of not just African-American women, but Caucasian women, because just women in general, we have to prove ourselves first. And then coming with being African-American, it's kind of like it's a double prove. Like I have these two things against me and I have to really show up and show out. And so being an administrative assistant is like, you have to then work that extra hard for that woman if you're supporting a black woman to just ensure that she's take, taken care of appropriately. Um, I've seen some African-American women, they, they're like, I have to go in this meeting and I have to have everything. I can't go in here and not have the PowerPoint. I can't go in here and not be prepared for this meeting. And so then as the assistant, I have to make sure that she has all of these things. And so it's kind of like just that is, you know, it weighs on me, too, you know, so that they can show up and, you know, do what they need to do. And even in the culinary field, um, a lot of women, African-American women as well, you know, we have to prove ourselves because it's a man's world. Mm. Um, and so it's it's just across the board, like, unfortunately, that not just being um, African-American, but being a woman, that we have to just prove ourselves just the greater all the more. It's it's interesting now, like I said, because it's a black woman in forefront and to hear how the the differences with the same thing that the white man is doing and she's talking the same way. She's being criticized. She's being demeaned. She's being put in all types of work ways that it's like, that's just natural looking in our culture. That's not anything that you should be offended or, or anything just because the way she looked or she smirked or she did these things. Like It's like, man, y'all really don't understand. You don't understand black culture or black people, one, and you definitely don't understand a black woman. And that's that's tough. That's just tough to, to see. And not saying, you got it, Kanika, go for it. Not saying that it, uh, it's, just, it's just tough to see. Go ahead, Kanika. Yo, like real talk, have y'all ever sat back and just thought about how dope we are? Like our culture is so dope. Like really. I mean, I've been I've been to uh Spain, I've been a little bit of everywhere. And when I see people who don't speak Spanish rapping the Cardi B, or if I see, you know, seeing like how our culture is oh the, Korea? Korea? Koreans love our culture, like 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 it's like the craziest thing. And, and so it was to sit back and to see this and like, I can't be too caught up into how much uh, people allegedly hate us, but they, it's not that hate, it's that envy. You know what I'm saying? Like we just naturally have so much sauce, you know, that it's just, I don't know. Are we dope as hell. What's up? We look at this. You got, you got, look, look. Every semester, every semester in our, um, in our program, you know, I, what I've, 
I honestly thought I was going to be in the mix of a bunch of white women, maybe some white men, maybe, you know, but to go in as like half of the class is black women or like, and, and this is consistent every semester. I'm like, come on, sis. Come on. It's, yeah, it's I, exciting. I, I, it's exciting. I'm Kaniki and I'm the I'm the only black male. That's disturbing, right? So I'm, sometimes I'm in class, I'm the only black male, or we might have one other black male that's in our class. So let me shout out Richard with uh, Washington. Rich, good to see you, man. Good to see you. Uh, let's see. Uh, Latoya said, "Dope to you." Uh, did you see that, uh, Mo? All right, she shouted um, you yes, out. Yes, I but... did. Can I piggyback okay, real right. quick? I just want to yeah, say because we are so dope, because we're so amazing. That is why they have to kill us. That is why they have to put us and hide us. And that's why we they needed us and they brought us from over in Africa or wherever we were and brought us over here because we knew how to do all of those things. We are the reasons why they flourish while, you know, we, if you want to get down and dirty with it, why their babies were fed, why their crops flourish, all of those things. And so we are created and designed to be dope and amazing and to do all of those things and innovative. And it turned out that they got to hide us. You know what I'm saying? So they want to shine. So they had to, you know, put us to the side or put us in the, in the, out in the field, out in the field, in the shed, whatever you want to call it. And that's, that's just it. Yeah. Y'all are amazing. That's what somebody said in the chat. And you absolutely right. Couldn't do half of the stuff over the last, over the, if we just look at the last 50 years, most of the things that's been created and done in this country has been on the backs of black women. And I, I, I'll, I'll go and reference anybody and, and debate them on that one because there's just some things we can't do between even looking how single mothers are raising kids, even if they're trying to destroy how that looks nowadays. But you, most of you on this line, are, like I said, I've, had a working and a personal relationship with each one of y'all. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever that I don't know how many black men can pick up a phone or hit something or messenger and say, Hey, I got four women that's getting their doctor degree and I got a business owner on my, on my line. Like this is the coolest thing ever. So y'all keep rocking, keep doing the things y'all do. And uh, it's, from a black man to a black woman, we appreciate all that y'all have ever done and keep doing it. So all of y'all are fairly young. So I'm I'm writing and signing all y'all books and organization leadership. I'm coming in to speak on the side. So just call me. Y'all got me for free. I ain't even going to charge y'all because I like y'all. But everybody else going to have to pay. So Gary, you got something you want to add before we get out of here in a few? I'll just piggyback on the fact that we're dope. And I think that we need to do a better job at celebrating ourselves. And I think a lot of that comes from a mental health aspect because we're so focused on everyone else, making sure everyone is good, making sure things are to a T that we forget to, you know, celebrate ourselves and cater to ourselves. And so my message would be just for black women in particular to take time for yourself, to take time to, you know, mingle with your other fellow black women and find a real cohort, you know, that will can continue to pass on the crown and not diminish you, not belittle you, um, and really support you and push you forward. And I, that's important. We always got to have a, a partnership and team because, you know, I'm, I'm a sports guy, so I feel like teams always work when they cohesive. Niani, you got something yet? 
Sure, of course. Um, why I appreciate the reminder that we are dope, like all of us are doing a thing, like it's amazing. Um, and I think to Monique and Brittany's point, I want to make sure trying to make sure I didn't run things together, but because we're so amazing, because we're so forward and everything that we're doing, they had to put up systems to try and hold us back to try to keep our men from us so that we can be lopsided and families and things. So just remember the power that lies within you. Um, to Sagira's point, make sure that you are taking care of yourself. Always have like a regular reminder of how amazing you actually are. Like I firmly believe in affirmations. Could be the therapist in me. I don't know. But I firmly believe in those things. Like being able to really Encourage yourself because we need that. A lot of times there are systems that I put up in place that are not there to encourage us. They are there to tear us down. So getting that cohort of women, making sure that you take care of your own wellness, your own well-being, and being sure to put yourself first at times, it's okay. I think us as Black women, we often don't put ourselves first. We want to make sure that this is straight. Everybody's okay. This is in line because we have to make sure that everything is right. But we got to take time to make sure that we're right as well. So make sure that you take time to put yourself first, honor who you are, who you belong to, what you carry, what's in you, the power that lies within you. Like, don't ever forget that and make sure that you take the time to cultivate that. You better, you better preach faster. You better preach. <laughs> Brittany, Brittany, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, I would say that women, we have a superpower. We have intuition. You know, that's something that has become highly normalized, but I want to elevate it again. This is a freaking super superpower. You know, you have this creative faculty that produces wisdom. Not, not everybody has that. And so, you know, activate that superpower uh, through self-care, self-love. Make sure you all are protecting yourselves. You see, you know, protect your mental health, protect all consumption. What are you eating? What are you taking in on the media front, especially these days? Um, make sure that you're just protecting yourself and loving yourselves and, and listening to that intuition and letting it guide you because we are a powerful people, uh, male and female. And I am just blessed to be online with all of you. I'm glad to see we, I have a cohort right here in DMV. I'm not at USC with y'all, but I'm claiming y'all after this. Um, <laughs> Know, so I'm happy to be amongst, you know, great women like you all. And I'm just grateful for the resilience displayed here and every time I see a black woman. So I'm thankful for this. And listen, normally I go all the way for the whole hour, but I am going to let you guys, whoever wants to close this show out tonight, because I'm not going to be the guy. I know my, my name's in the light, but I'm not going to be the guy to ever get in front of you guys right now. So Kanikia, since you started us off with dope, you want to end the show any type of way you want, sweetie. Uh, man, I was not prepared for that. I guess I need a pop lock the next five minutes. Um, <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, to piggyback off of what uh, Brittany said, you know, these gifts that we have, you know, and, and how and that we should, uh, Niani said, you know, we should nurture, you know, uh, and take care of ourselves. Um, I, I, I want to say this one thing, um, Black women, and uh, this, this has been like uh, weighing in heavy on my heart. You know, yeah, we, we have we have so many strengths or whatever, but if we can do this one thing 
Um, there's, there's like nothing that could uh, tear us down and nothing that could break us apart is if we truly unite. If we really support each other and if we really, you know, like if you see any sister, even if you don't know her, talk and you see a sister down, go, go give some words of encouragement and yet learn how to receive um, uh, words of gratitude, affirmation. If someone is saying, you know, something to you and they're just telling you that you look nice today, receive it. You know, it's a, somehow another kind gestures. We've become uh, uh, like we have to become you know, immune to them or we have to be so guarded and stuff like that. It is okay to be human. And, and in that moment, when you allow yourself to truly be okay with being vulnerable, being vulnerable is not weak. Let's learn the definition of these words, being vulnerable and being, and, and allowing yourself to be within the moment, man, there we, there's, there's so many things that we can do. And I just want to uplift every last woman that's on here. Men too, I'm, you know. Oh, and and being a, a black feminist is not being anti-man. Believe that. My daddy did not raise me to hate hate on men. Uh, he supported, you know, and nurtured me being the woman that I am today. And you know, and that definitely came from a, a very strong black man. So, you know. Um, this is why I had you come on. This is what yeah. we do every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, we get this every Tuesday and Thursday. One of the most smart, smartest women I know, like, and she's funny. She makes class uh, enjoyable when it's not enjoyable. Let's say that much. Well, with that being said, I'm going to close it out. And I need you to like this post, please. Continue to do it so it can raise up on. Follow me on YouTube, AntoineCBrown.com. And also for my mailing list so we can send out some goodies in the future, ACB at BCAS at email.com. Ladies, again, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate y'all all agreeing. Great show tonight. I hope y'all all come back on again so we can talk about something different. All right? Love you guys. Y'all have a safe night. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Too. Love you. Thank you for having us.